Hey, this is Travis T-Bone Turner. We're here at the Tour 12 Podcast. Don't give your guide a knife for a tip. He probably has a knife because he's a guide. <laughs> here he comes. That's the kind of stuff. Here he comes. He's coming in hot. Hey, I'm Nick Mont from Bone Collector. You're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. If you're one of these guys who carried horns around ATA, just leave them at home. Quit being an idiot. <laughs> so B does all of our modeling. He's the look good guy. I'm the Definitely, uh, I don't have a voice for radio. I'm the face for radio. I'm the ugly <laughs> wild here, dude. You guys out there listening, you know, put your kids in front of this podcast. I mean, we're not going to get too crazy. You might want to put them to bed maybe a little bit later on, but <laughs> that's just that's just me talking. But we'll get to arguing over schedules or, or man, you know, something that we where disagree we're gonna on. Eat. Where are we going to eat? Where are we going to eat? Little things, yeah. But at the end of it, we hunt together because and hang together just because we truly, truly enjoy each other's company. Well, it is, it is our job, and we have a platform, and by all means, we're flying the flag as much as we can. We, we need, we want to preach it to the everybody. It's not for the elite. It's not for the rich. It's, it's enjoyment Making for everybody. Making a living doing something you absolutely love, what we call living your passion, you might actually be closer than you realize. It's actually what this whole podcast is built around, living your passion in three areas, business, leadership, and life. I'm Michael Waddell, and you're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. What is up, ladies and gents? Welcome to the Tour 12 Podcast. Myself, B Hunt, B the Body Hunt. <laughs> uh, he's get, embracing uh, it. <laughs> what, embracing what am I going to do? <laughs> and Cody, the producer, man, we are sitting on the back porch in Arkansas, and it's going to be a good day. Number one, it's a good day already. Cause it's, it's not 9,000 degrees. It's July. What is this? They don't matter. It's July. Two. Well, July I don't know. two. Yeah, but this ain't probably posting July 2 is what I was going to say. Yeah. So it's probably July 3, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> We're day ahead. Anyway, it's like, what is it, 80 degrees? It's nice this evening. It's really nice. We're on the back porch. 79. Wow. When's the last time in July in Arkansas it was 79? Googleology here. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to Google it. But it's really nice. We've been sitting on the back porch talking hunting. White so we, t- we white decided tail. to get on here and talk hunting. And so we thought, Cody said, what do you want to call this? And it just blurted out, white tail wishing. Yep. Because it's July. And that's all you can do is and wish right wish, now. wish you, unless you go to Texas and go chase something. Exotic. Go or, chase something exotic. Or you go poaching. <laughs> There's, some There's always that. <laughs> There's always that plan. <laughs> that's not a good plan. No. no. If anything, you know, the... the best thing for us in our life has probably been having a show because it'll keep you from the urge of to do something to wrong. do something wrong yeah because <laughs> you, you're going down oh if yeah you do, it's a matter of time you'll go chris bracket in a hurry it's all over <laughs> all <laughs> over but the singing and the social media posts yeah it's interesting how the industry's changed too because since we've started to now the last i don't know probably what four or five years even in contracts when you sign a contract with a company, a lot of times in the fine print that's in there now. If you Null and void if you do something And stupid. refund every dime of it. If you, if you, yeah. They don't say if you do something stupid, but that's pretty much what it's saying. Yeah. Don't be an idiot. Oh, that's exactly what it's saying. <laughs> Obey the law. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good Period. idea. Obey the law. Have your license. <laughs> Only shoot how many is on there. <laughs> Not kidding. Don't trespass. <laughs> Oh, if we could get a thumbs up for everyone on this podcast that's listening right now, a thumbs up. If you've crossed a fence you shouldn't have in your lifetime, it'd be like, you know, everybody has at some point or another, maybe not to hunt. 
Like you were just trying to get home one time. Yeah, I was in a bind. You were in a bind, stuck, flooded <laughs> About a month in. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't like you were actually trying to. I was just traveling through. You weren't trespassing in an <laughs> effort to kill someone's yeah. animal. So, no. Anyway, we're whitetail wishing, and uh, it's July, as I mentioned, and I've actually been thinking about hunting a lot lately. Well, like July, I always go by July 4th. That's kind of when I start getting in the mode putting trail cams out stuff like oh, that i'm ahead of you this to, year uh you already got kinda, them out. you know yeah, we got enough growth on horns now that you can kind of see what's coming start seeing what you got you know yeah if you got anything i've been leaving cameras out a little longer just because i'm trying to see who's on my property <laughs> like we were like just people wise yeah so check this out <laughs> i didn't tell you this the other day so i had a camera stolen last end of last fall and uh it's a cell camera it's a covert and uh i was a little ticked off and about i don't know did i tell you about that Mm -hmm. about how long ago was that three or four weeks ago or something on my app a picture pops up in someone's kitchen (laughs) dude i got so excited i was like oh it's on we're about to make some tv or social media content or something so i started trying to figure out where this picture came from i was trying to track it but i couldn't figure it out so i text kimber over covert Uh and i said hey can i track this this camera because we're fixing to make you some really good social media content because i was going the front door i was calling officer buddy i was gonna do it right (laughs) Uh i was gonna take the camera (laughs) he was gonna code the producer man was gonna do his thing and produce and i was rolling up to that house with an officer and we was fixing to film the whole thing and i couldn't she said the new models you can track them not the older but not the older ones and so my new ones that i got i'm going to put in the same freaking place Mm -hmm. and hope he comes (laughs) Mm mm-hmm he I don't. bet it was in that little trailer park over there behind it. I think it, <laughs> probably, probably what you're right. That's probably where it's at, right behind the property. But I was, I got so excited because I really, in my mind, I was like, oh, it is on. But there's not been another picture. I don't know. So I went in, you know how you can go into the settings and change your name of the camera and the mm-hmm. place. It now says you are being tracked. That's awesome. <laughs> so when he flips it on, if he does take a picture, he's going to at least think about it. He yeah. probably threw that sucker off in the lake. I guarantee you. <laughs> I don't care. I just want him to know I'm coming. And what's, that, find what's you. that tombstone? <laughs> I'm thinking Liam Neeson. Remember that tombstone movie? What did he say? No, oh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, was it Wyatt? I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. <laughs> Remember that? That's a classic movie, boy. He, uh, I guess he did. He he brought it down on them too. And I was he fixing. Came bring with it. the thunder. I was fixing bring it with my broke arms and. I What's up like, with that? He's got a big case of carpal tunnel going on over here. He's got freaking braces and looks like RoboCop. I started over there. on this. I started on these fit sessions and I got jacked up. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. I, when you be rolled in the house while I come and he goes, "What is all over you?" Like, <laughs> I, I got a brace. I got a forearm brace and. I don't know if it's from talking on the phone too much or because obviously I think it's yeah. really from typing or something. Probably. Did you ever like think that that's what you would be injured from? I, I, I went to the doctor the other day. <laughs> B's laughing really hard. <laughs> I went to the doctor and this lady sat down and she was a newer girl. We was at the orthopedic place and she said, well, bud, what'd you do? And I said, ma'am, I don't know. I'm just here to see how good you are. Because I didn't know. I was like, arm's been jacked up, elbow's been jacked up for about two weeks. And I shot a bow the other day, and it, it really hurt, and I can't have that. And so I said, I'm, I don't know that I need anything, but I'm here to figure out if I need to get something fixed before it gets closer to September. 
and so at the end of the deal there this asian doctor dude come in i like them guys i just feel confident they know what they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> versus some dude redneck here at home and uh he said he did his whole testing thing and he's like pretty sure you got tennis elbow i'm like i don't play tennis <laughs> 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 that's how much oh i knew that's how much i knew about it i knew where he was going with it <laughs> so anyway i look like a freaking retard sitting here editing with a brace braces and bandages and producing that's how we roll <laughs> it's bad they say you know when you hit 40 that stuff starts happening i'm on vouch for that so far yeah if you uh, stay fit agree. if you stay fit that's not the same story I don't agree. this is my left arm i can't even eat cereal with my left arm it's not <laughs> like i'm a switch hitter it's like i know i do a lot with this thing and it's hurt <laughs> and i've never done anything that's hilarious <laughs> can't even eat cereal how does that happen it did it did it ain't bad it's like it's like i told her it's like scale they always give you a scale of one to ten pain i'm like yeah. it's a one or two it ain't like it's killing me but i just need to make sure something might happen before september gets was here. it a one or two when you drew that bow back well when i drew that it was probably a little more like a four or five for a second <laughs> for a second <laughs> and I, that, was that was that when that arrow went flying off in the woods that day i wasn't there Matt i think it was that it. release i had that release that old uh tension release yeah i ain't shot since fall yeah we need to go over that I, I, with you, hey. together me and you I just, <laughs> we need to have what i was before going before you shoot that anymore we need to no, have, i've shot it a bunch but it's just been last fall yeah the guy that but, shot at you guys he got an arrow in his yard yeah, i was gonna tell you i sent one packing over there his way it wasn't on this action. was more like it was, pew, we was by the pond over there uh -huh. but i was aiming towards where that we set that set up over there yeah. where we about died from uh -huh. the pistol shooting <laughs> i went and it, it might have come down by now that's a few weeks ago <laughs> but that guy about killed us he went out to shoot yesterday and there's an arrow in his backyard and he's like hmm we're returning fire the, Indi the indians <laughs> back <laughs> with a victory arrow back there so anyway I don't know where we rabbit trailed there, but I'm talking about one to hunt. Yeah, trail camera sign. I, I do, man. I was, you know, I was talking to my dad. I was mentioning this before we jumped on the podcast. So I was talking. We were riding around the last few days, and when I was growing up, hunting was we we hunted like, but I grew up for the most part until fifth grade in the city. And when fifth grade I moved out, we moved out to a farm, and from there to college, I lived on a little farm and. We hunted like rabbits and stuff, just whatever. Mm -hmm. We'd go back there and shoot with pellet guns or some kind of homemade bow or something. But as far as actually deer hunting, when I grew up, it was more of an event. Like, Yeah, you went to deer camp. We went yeah. to deer camp, and it was, you know, we, we didn't bow hunt back then when I was a kid, mm -hmm. or I didn't. Did you bow hunt when you was a kid? Yeah, I bow hunted. I probably, yeah, not well. I Since I was probably 11 or 12. Really? I did. Mm -hmm. It's been the last 20-something years for me, 21, two years, something like that. But anyway, so we always went down there, you know, November, mm -hmm. whenever the rut kicked in or whenever gun season was here. Because it starts in November and runs till next November. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty in much <laughs> in Arkansas. You feel like it does. Yeah. But it was an event. We'd go down there, and everybody was in camp. We'd had 15, 20 close friends, a lot of family. We had a mm -hmm. big old army cook tent. Mm -hmm. And, boy, when you come in from the deer stand about 10, 1030, grandmas and them had biscuits and gravy and bacon. <laughs> <clears throat> but what I was going to say was 
it was it was more event based for me growing up until versus the last 15 20 years it's like you it doesn't stop now i think about some something hunting related and or fishing related every single day of my life now oh yeah how it's changed it's it really is our life whether we're doing it or not you're thinking about it or prepping for it or running cameras and the older i get and it may be because I'm a little more financially stable than I was when I was a kid, but like I like the preparation process for it as much as I do hunting now. Well, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't do all that back in the day, right? Unless I was, and I, you know me, I wasn't gonna get out there and hurt myself with a hoe. Well, it was, plant something, yeah. <laughs> but you got tractors and equipment and stuff now. I love going out there and planting, and, and it's a you know we got year round clover now and keeping keeping it fresh and sprayed, and I love all that now, and it's just different. Yeah, completely. I mean, I probably had a little more year i mean it was an event because we had a deer camp and we went i mean you know when gun season started that's where we went down to tishner to deer camp you know and stayed you know we yeah for a week and then we'd go back on the weekends and stuff like that but i mean we also had watson wildlife management area just 10 or 15 miles away from where i lived and we hunted that a lot like early bow season and weekends or what have you like that and then late in the year in january we'd go over and set up a camp for a weekend or whatever but like you as i've gotten older and kind of evolved and got more involved in just deer and deer behavior and yeah you know learning what they do in different times of the year how they're you know the herd structure is the bucks do this this time of year the does do this this time of year and different things i'm always thinking about that yeah you know what are they doing how can i figure them out let's find out what we got yeah all right now let's make a plan if they stay here what are we going to do to have opportunity when season comes in or if they move over here then what are we going to do then? Are we even going to be able to hunt them early season? Or are we going to have to wait till, yeah. you know, closer to the rut when they start moving around a little more? Is it a huntable spot? Is it not a huntable spot? I mean, it just, my mind goes a hundred million different directions. Yeah. You know, once you find one, once you find the one, you yeah. know. It's uh, way completely different than it was whenever I was growing up. Yeah. I mean, you just went hunting. Yeah. You know. And, it, and if luck had it, I mean, you tried to put yourself in a good spot where the sign was, but yeah, you didn't know. It's, you it's, don't know. It was like for me, it was obviously growing up, it was an event because it was based around when rifle season came in. And when I got my first bow um, from a good friend of mine still, Tommy Covington, who's Matt's dad, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nugget, if you're listening, it's your dad. Um, <laughs> but but I remember when I first shot the bow and I was just standing I remember where we were when we were standing there talking and him talking about you know if you bow hunt dang near five months out of the year mm-hmm. you can be deer hunting doing yeah doing what I used to only could do for when, yeah, the, when gun season weeks. rolled around yeah. yeah we're super fortunate here especially in the south we're in an Arkansas where we are because you know it comes in mid September and yeah goes out you know february. into february yeah mm-hmm. that's a long that's a lot time. of deer hunting yeah and it's funny because you get busy just like we all do when hunting season gets here and you're trying to figure out when can i go when can i not go but like right now it's july fawns are dropping here in the last few weeks mm-hmm. 
and maybe that's why it's on my mind a little more because everywhere i look there's been a fawn around. oh yeah i got mm-hmm. a couple here running around here there's one standing down at the big and j trailer last <laughs> night when i come in want me to open the door <laughs> there was there was a, there was some deer and then there was a fox really i got a little fox running around here and that one i guess it's getting a little more calm because it ran in front of me just went under the trailer while i drove by and didn't even run off huh so i guess they know we ain't gonna shoot it around here but yeah um definitely bow hunting has gotten when it gets in i your think blood. that's i think whenever you start bow hunting that's when that shift starts i think it does too i mean because you realize dang near half the year mm-hmm. you can be hunting somewhere mm-hmm. yeah at least in the south you know and it's just you know what bow hunting and you know what you have to do to become successful as a bow hunter just makes you a better hunter if you you know i mean you can just keep doing what you're doing but you're may yeah or may not kill something but if you work at becoming a better bow hunter i mean it's going to make you a better deer hunter in period yeah period i've been bow hunting for for just a few years and it's changed even it's all about details when you're trying to get 20 yards in one i mean you the the stuff you can get away with with a rifle you can't even think about getting away with 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 a bow yeah um you just have to you have to focus on those details and and that's what makes you better deer hunter you know I've, i've i look at a lot of when I'm talking when people are going to someone's house or they're, you know, you see their their walls with their deer on it or whatever, most of the time, it seems like whenever I go to someone's house and they got a lot of big deer on the wall, they're mm-hmm. almost always bow hunters, it seems like. Oh, yeah. And that's not fully reality, I realize that, but it seems like, mm-hmm. and so I, because I, it's obviously you're trying to get them typically within 20, 30 yards or closer or whatever, but it's interesting because it, it's harder but it seems like the success rate is greater for bow hunters do you think it's because they're becoming better hunters or just because they have five extra months or months i think more it's time probably time spent out there and then also if you gun hunt like you bow hunt you will be more successful as a gun hunter oh yeah i mean you know <clears throat> and yeah. i think that has something even if they didn't kill all those deer with a with a bow that's definitely if, true if they're going into the woods and and you know uh looking at a hunt whether it's a gun hunt any hunt up for deer if they're approaching that like they're bow hunting and paying attention to all those details and then you've extended your range to 200 yards oh yeah you're gonna be way more successful definitely you know how many times have you been or we've been sitting in a tree bow hunting thinking if i have my rifle oh yeah 60 yards out in we, hammer we i know so a few times deer. last year i got a text yeah not close enough but if i had a rifle oh, that big dude on your piece would probably be done oh you know heartbeat he would have right yeah. out the get-go yep That's first deer we saw sure did saw him three or four times in one hunt uh-huh. and we were mm. bow hunting and he's a dandy for around here. Well, maybe day, you should start practicing that, gun shooting it in the air, so you can just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely, but I, the, the bow hunting thing for me is also the so much more rewarding because of how many times we've been in those situations where we're passing a deer because he is at sixty yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or I don't know. There's just something about it's it. harder. It is. And I feel like, not that gun hunting is cheating, so John Hill and all your boys don't freak out me saying this. I don't think it's... I like shooting them with a gun. I do too, but it does. There's a whole nother, the long range thing that a lot of our friends do, and we've gotten into it some the last few years, 
is similar in the fact of the challenging side of it. It's different. Like we're trying to get 20 yards bow hunting, but if we're trying to get five, 600 yards, that's a totally different dynamic than just mm-hmm. shooting one at two or 300 yards. Mm-hmm. With our- I think they're very similar as far as when you get 700 yards and beyond and 20 yards and in. Yeah. They're similar, but in different ways. Yeah. I mean, they both From a challenge, take man. a very disciplined skill set. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I think that's why I like both of them. Now, yeah. now but that's probably why we didn't do a ton of gun hunting, or at least for me, until we got in meeting mm-hmm. John and some of these guys that do long But range. now me and you, like, it's not 700. It's like 400. <laughs> that's true. 300 is a Our long t- range is a little different. I was telling Dad the other day because I shot that. How far was that axis I shot the other day? That oh. doe, that doe. Wasn't it like four something or 380 or 420? Three, three. I don't, yeah, I don't right remember. At four. It was yeah. somewhere in there. And looking back when I was young, though, when I went to that event. You didn't even thought about that. I killed one deer right at 300, and everybody in camp thought I was a dead gum sniper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was total luck that yeah. I killed this deer. But we, we walked it off, and I was like, there's no way this deer's where I thought it was. And it ended up being, it was right at 3, 305 or something. But back then, yeah, you know, we had a little 3 by 9 on mm-hmm. a, my buddy used to say I had a wooden scope. <laughs> he thought it was such a piece. But back in the day, we that was a long way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so time hadn't changed, like in, or not time, but links have always been 300 yards, 300 yards. Yeah. What changed is our technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And our learning about, you know, the how to do optics it. and how to do this mm-hmm. and that and ballistics and windage and all that junk. There's a lot that goes into it. But I will say in doing them both, I don't, this is me personally speaking, you probably feel the same way. It's tough to beat a daggum big buck 15, oh, yeah. 20 yards from there you. Ain't you can't, like it. And you can't hardly move. There ain't nothing like it. And you got to draw whenever he he doesn't know you're drawing. And I'm still at the point where I get jacked up if a doe's within 20 <laughs> yeah, Cody seven. just kind of got into all this. <laughs> and uh, I can remember, man, when I first started bow hunting up there in Weeson Greer's Ferry, Arkansas. And my buddy Tommy, who gave me that Martin Jaguar, I still got it down there. And it's down there hanging with the rest of them 20-something bows. And um, he would literally, when I come in from hunting, he would be waiting on his front porch with a flashlight and rubber boots because <laughs> yeah. he knew he done sh- made a bad shot. And where <laughs> he's going to go track He'd say, it. where'd you hit this? And I, I, <laughs> I'll never forget one time I said, I smoked him right in the brisket. <laughs> he was like, what? It's <laughs> like, I think I found one drop of blood. <laughs> it was not good. But, man, I had some good times out there. And that, that taught me what not to do pretty quick. It yeah. Don't, I mean, don't. you're going to have that whenever you're learning. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But even and still. And there's no practice for shooting animals. You know, that moment, you know, keeping it together. And yeah. Some people got it more than other people have it, you know. Yeah. I'll tell you. As far as being you, able to keep it together. And however long I've been bow hunting, I don't know. It's been um, somewhere around 20, early, you know, 21. I don't know. Somewhere in that ballpark. I've killed one deer, and it was a doe at 46 yards. That was with Charlie mm-hmm. in Kansas. And every deer that I know of that I can remember that I've killed beyond that with a bow has probably been 20 or less. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Like you've probably killed some out there at 30 or 35. 20, uh, that big deer I killed in Hall Bend, uh, he was 27 yards. Really? Mm-hmm. So part of the success is, in my mind, is – not just all the practice obviously that's part of it but it's the patience to know when to take the shot yeah mm-hmm. and 
how many bow hunters take the wrong opportunity? It always them. seems like it's happening faster than what I mean. It always seems like you don't have as much time as what you actually do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you generally have a lot more time than what your mind's telling you you have. Yeah, you know, and being able to just slow down as long as they don't know you're there right, right. when they get on edge a little bit now like, they're bird dogging you in a tree yeah. then yeah yeah things are different <laughs> yeah but as long as you know because like, like, i mean like we talk about all the time you we spend all this time preparing in the actual amount of time that you yeah have a big buck in front of you is minuscule like when you put in that whole entire time of the year that you spend getting ready for that moment, that yeah. moment is very short. Yeah. And your brain is telling you that it's not going to be here for very much longer mm-hmm. and making causes you to sometimes do stuff you don't need to do and get in a hurry and rush things. Yeah. Um, I would it, love to know. I posted about that a few months ago because I really would love to know how many minutes and we do a lot of hunting, how many minutes we've actually had a mature buck visible in our sight in our lifetime yeah. versus the time that we've spent prepping for it. Now, mm-hmm. take Texas out of that equation because they don't count because <laughs> yeah. you can go down there and look at mature bucks for a few hours mm-hmm. if you want to at a time. But outside of that, hunting the mid, where we hunt, Arkansas, the Midwest, it's pretty small. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I bet you it could, your entire life could Especially be summed up. You in figure the time you sit there hours. and not see anything. Oh, for yeah. All, you know. Yeah. You're yeah. hunting all day. Six of those hours, you may be looking at nothing. Yeah. I think for me, because I'm, I'm by nature not a patient person, and I would say bow hunting by far has been the greatest teacher for me in my life of patience. Of patience. It has. Yeah. It has because it's not only just sitting, waiting, not seeing anything, but. Um, I think for me, the having a decent success rate bow hunting when I have made shots has been because I've been tried to be so patient taking the right shot. Mm-hmm. I got a prime example. The biggest buck I've got in my living room in there was that that big deer in Kansas, and probably the the one of the coolest hunts I've ever been on for multiple reasons. I'm, we can get into that later if we want to the storyline of how I even got to kill that deer, but. What happened when that deer came in behind a doe, I had a shot at it for a split second at probably 35, 36 yards. It was back behind me. You know the killing tree mm-hmm. on that on that creek. It was back behind me coming out of that bedding area behind a doe, and I went to full draw at 35, 40 yards, whatever it was. It was mm-hmm. somewhere in that ballpark, and it wasn't a great shot opportunity. Well, I just had a little window to shoot through. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah's filming. He thought it was fixing to go down, and I let down off of it thinking that buck's fixing to walk out of my life but it goes back to i didn't feel like i had the right shot opportunity for for i don't know what i say my skill set but in the heat of the moment like that i didn't want to rush something it's way different and standing in the yard just shooting you yards, right it shooting for you it is standing mm-hmm. in a tree and a 180 walks yeah. by yeah and so but what i was going to say is talking about teaching you patience i let down off that thing and actually, the arrow clicked on my bow, and I thought it was, and it probably would have been over had, had that, that deer not, not been, he was on that doe's butt. Mm-hmm. And there was a split on the trail where that doe, walked, that big buck walked to. And I really thought it's probably fixing to walk out of my life because mm-hmm. it could either go left or right. And my mm-hmm. luck, I was like, he's going to go left mm-hmm. away from me. And when I saw that doe take the right trail to the right, I knew where that trail ran, and it ran about 17 yards right by my tree. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
and I knew I'd made the right decision. But I didn't know I'd made the right decision until other then, than yeah. other than I made the right decision from a standpoint of for me personally not taking that shot because I would have rushed it and I very well could have wounded that animal mm-hmm. and I might have killed him who knows right. probably 50-50 where in the heat of the moment that kind of adrenaline Jeremiah freaking out saying this is unbelievable he was, <laughs> I mean we were having us a time I remember when he ran across that field I said how big is he and he said he's big <laughs> <laughs> that deer snort wheezed mm. grunted he's the only deer I've ever been in the woods where I heard him snort wheeze probably four or five times Yeah, of course we was rattling grunting snort wheezing back it didn't make a hill of beans yeah he was on that he was on that dough and it didn't matter that deer circled all the way around us yeah wind didn't matter nothing mattered because he was on that dough you know you talk about patience you know i've always been pretty decent patient wise like with what you're talking about and waiting what i battled and i'm out of it now i i can safely say that i'm out of it now but like knock on wood yeah well i ain't got yeah you do right right there's a pole But it's where I was having trouble with impatience, and it and it, it was target panic is what it was mm. with my bow, yeah. uh, and it started seven eight years ago, you know, and I've just kind of battled through it, and finally came up with the right combination for me that I was able to fix it with a hinge release, but it's being patient from the time I hit anchor to the time I touch my trigger release it, yeah. So, you know, and you're talking about seconds, but there's time there to be patient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let your pin settle. Take a breath. Execute the mm-hmm. shot the right way where I was rushing those seconds right there. Once I hit anchor and my pin got close, you just I could fly. not make myself hit the trigger. Really? Physically could not keep myself from hitting the trigger. Hmm. And it cost me a few deer. Um I killed a lot of deer during yeah. that time, you know, but I was punching. I That pin would get there, and I'd hammer the trigger like crazy. Hey, did you ever try – I know you use that the new release to try to help with it. Did you ever try any breathing tactics or anything like, like we do rifle hunting long range? Uh, some, and I tried, you know, like blank bell shooting. I said, what, what finally got me and my target panic fixed was I put my bow down for – well, I didn't bow hunt turkeys one year. And just shotgun hunt turkey. So I put my bow down the end of deer season in February that year. And I didn't pick it back up again until July. So I just got away from it. Yeah. And then when I picked it back up, what what I did do in that time is I bought a uh, a shooting uh, aid. It's called a firing line. And it's basically you can draw it like a bow and you can just... You don't. You're not looking any sights or anything like that. All this is a drawing mechanism, and and you can work your release just like you got it hooked to a bow. I bought that hinge style release with a safety on it, and bought that. And I I'd sit in my living room and just shoot that thing really? when I'd be watching mm-hmm. TV or whatever. I just sit there and shoot that thing. All Let night. me ask you this: Do you think because you are so serious about it and die hard? I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here. <laughs> You've oh, just were overthinking it all. Totally, it's all because <laughs> I look at like what it's a, all a mind thing. Because like I, you know me, I'll shoot. It, I'm seasonal. It depends on what going on with work and stuff. There's some years I shoot a lot, mm-hmm. but most of the time I ain't shooting a whole lot until it starts getting mm-hmm. cold. Like from now to September, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, July to September, I'll start shooting a little bit, a few times a week. But you shoot a lot. Oh, I shoot like well. I mean, like springtime. I mean, depending on what hunts we got going on or what have you. I yeah. mean, I shoot almost every day. I mean, there'll be months that I take, I at least shoot minimum twice a week. Yeah. 
I'm just wondering if there's like for listeners, if there's anybody else that's experienced this, if there, that's the downside of of being too. I think too everybody has a little bit of it. Yeah. Like if you watch a guy shoot that doesn't shoot very much, and they're at full draw, and they're sitting there, and their fingers not on their trigger when they're aiming, and then that, and then all of a sudden they punch it. Yeah. Do that right there. Yeah. That is a mild form of target panic yeah. you don't you're i mean you're control punching is what you're doing yeah okay there's a very small step to go from control punching to not being able to control that and a lot of people would never even know they had it if you're most shoot, people if don't you're and 15, I would 20 never, yards. If, if i see that i the last thing i would ever do to that person is say something about it <laughs> get a complex because then you're gonna put it in their head yeah. you know that's the last thing you and would that's not a big do. deal at 15 as long 20 as they're yards, executing 30 the shot, 40 yeah as long as they're noticing. executing a, a good i mean yeah. their form's good and that's the only deal and they're hitting where they're aiming fine with it yeah. as long as you can do it i couldn't do it it got way to the point with me where everybody's I making could, fun of you well i couldn't freaking do it <laughs> i mean i couldn't control it so i did that with the with the shooting aid for months and then when i picked my bow back up i started at 10 yards yeah and i would get that hinge release and i would sit there and i would just aim i wouldn't shoot i would just aim and i'd make myself pull it put down and then i'd go 20 and i would just aim and all the way to 50, 60, and just aim. And then I'd go back to 10, and I'd start executing a shot Yeah. with that hinge. And then I tried going back and forth from the hinge to a trigger or a thumb button, and I always ended up, I always shot the best with the hinge once mm-hmm. I got used to it and got to shooting it. And finally, I guess it was couple years ago when me and matt were in kentucky i was kind of flopping back and forth with releases in the yard one day shooting and then of course we started betting and as soon as the money came out i grabbed my hinge oh yeah (laughs) yeah and he's like i got a question he's like i don't i mean i've watched you shoot for years and i see you going back and forth with releases and stuff and he's like why and i couldn't i didn't have an answer for him yeah i mean always in my head i thought well, I can always, if I need to make the trigger go off, I can punch it and make it go off. Which, and then I got to thinking about that, and I'm like, well, you're just making a bad shot yeah. when you do that. So why even give yourself the option? Why? Why? I mean, if it, you know, you everybody I talk to about hunting with the hinge. Well, what if a deer comes in chasing a doe and blah blah blah, and you can't get him? That's probably not an ethical shot that I needed to take anyway. Yeah. I'm going to be in a hurry. I'm probably not going to. It's probably better off that I can't take that shot and yeah. just wait for a better opportunity. So two years ago, I completely laid it everything down. I, I hunt with a hinge. I shoot with a hinge. I mean, like, I don't have a trigger. I have to execute the shot with my back. Yeah. I, I mean. What what brand are you using? Uh, I use a True Wall uh, Sweet Spot Pro. It's a brass. It's heavy. I like the heavy, the weight of it, and it's got a it's got a safety on it, so I can click the safety on, draw back, click safety off. If it doesn't work right, I can, I mean if it if things don't work out, I can click safety back on, let down because with a hinge, any little bit of movement with your hand and you can it'll go off oh, without yeah, it's gone without you knowing about because mm. there's not a trigger i mean you execute it by myself and almost it. everyone that i've seen shoot them the first two or three shots 
you might as well just plan on having some more errors <laughs> if, you've oh, yeah. ne- if you've never done it oh yeah the first time it's so i mean very you, different if you breathe on it out of your nostril you feel like it's like it's really yeah the first few times oh that'd be a mess for me but i've shot it i mean i've <laughs> but shot you've it, done it for a long time i've now. shot it for so long now like i can preload the thing so like i can come to full draw click the safety off then i can put tension on it to a certain point where i've got it preloaded to where all i've got to do is that and it's going to go off yeah mm. just flexing your fl- just flinching your back on tightening my shoulder blades together and be pow, it's going to fire be the body so i ain't got no muscle <laughs> to tension back there <laughs> everything <laughs> muscles <laughs> and i've never been more confident in my shooting now yeah. than i have been i mean the whole I mean, i've been bow hunting a long time yeah and I've now, even, you know, and then, because like you say, you can't ever, or like we was talking about a while ago, you can't, there's no good practice for shooting animals in the moment of truth. Right. What is the great, is tournament shooting the greatest thing to put your body anything in you pressure? Can, anything you can do to put pressure on yourself in the, when you're shooting, you know, is going to help. But it's still, Not you can't same. mimic that. Yeah. You can't mimic that. So, like me, that's where I needed the most help because I would do fine on a target. I got to where I could do fine on targets and foam and even in some pressure situations. But when that deer was there, my mind was screaming, get it gone because he's fixing to leave. Yeah. Mm. And turkeys are what did it to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what caused my target panic was trying, was bow hunting turkeys mm-hmm. just because they – don't stand still yeah and it got me to trying to anticipate and if they see them and gone. punching and trying to make it you know make the shot happen that's what it's what did it to me yeah it's interesting but i hope I'm a little food for thought if anybody's I, got hey, that issue i'll tell you there. i'll tell you one time i miss cody the producer man i'd like talking trash every night <laughs> you, you know that and b had went through one of them little stages this years ago and I popped off one day in the bow. In the I, was, bow I missed a few in the bow shop. This, turkeys is what I missed, though. Yeah, there was he. He is actually known around the state of Arkansas as that guy who you, hits. Well, there was one. Well, there was no. There was one episode that it was like six or seven turkeys in one episode. This was the years ago, like however long we. That's probably ten, nearly ten years ago, probably. Yeah, I missed six turkeys in one morning. In one morning, mm-hmm. but it was all on one show. It was awesome. Like, it was great. It was all in a couple hour period. Me and Johnny, we were on him. It was the funniest junk you've ever seen because he was done. Like his mind, he I was, was blown up. He was so shot. It didn't matter. Yeah, he couldn't hit an elephant if it walked. No, <laughs> but he was shook. So anyway, a lot of that had happened, and I popped off one day in the bow shop. About we were talking about deer hunting, and I was like, I ain't missing no freaking deer because he I did. And he here's, said it. Here's what I. The reason I said it is because I've tried to be. I know what I. I'm typically really patient. And I usually will always, I, every deer I've ever killed has been 20 years in. So my, in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I know I'm going to be patient, and I know he's going to probably be 20 yards, and I ain't missing no deer. And, dude, the next hunt. Next deer. Me, we, me and Johnny, when he when that came out of his mouth in the bow shot, we were like, oh, <laughs> Mark you, it down. Done, you done did it now. <laughs> the next, dude, the next hunt, he's filming me in Kansas. In Kansas. And uh, wasn't I sitting down or something? I don't, I don't remember. know. I nicked a he deer. He wasn't far. Did he you was laugh? Twenty yards. Did you laugh at him? What oh, do you think? Oh, dude, <laughs> it was so awesome for him. I <laughs> hated it for him, but no, I know he, he was did coming. not either. He <laughs> Tell the loved truth. it, dude. This deer, we, I named him Crutch. 
after that hunt. It was funny. It's a, a little bit of backstory. It was funny because we were sitting, we seen this deer a couple times, and he was feeding 20 yards from us. And he's like, you think I should shoot him? I said, have you ever killed a deer that big? And I mean, this deer what, 125-inch deer yeah. or something like that? He's yeah. like, oh, I ain't never killed a 125-inch deer. And I said, shoot him. <laughs> what are you waiting on? I did, dude. So I, I shot, I think I was, I don't know if my anchor was wrong or what, but I was sitting down. It seemed like I was shooting back to the right. I can't remember. It don't matter. I'm, I nicked this deer in like the knee or something. Because from here on out the rest of the year, we saw this deer limping around. I saw him in January. <laughs> we called him Crutch. Limping <laughs> across the field. I was like, there's no heat. Oh, I, I hated it. From a, Obviously, your pride's crushed, but yeah. I hated it more for the deer than anything. He yeah. wasn't hurt bad. He was chasing the doe when I seen him in January. Yeah, but he was galloping because he had to. <laughs> oh, good time. That was a long time ago, man. That, that was, was back in the first few years. First few years. It's probably ten years ago, something uh-huh. like that. We really, and that's what even you talk about. Because I remember back then, 125 inch deer, still a good deer, but it was a big deer to me back mm-hmm. then. Because growing up and hunting South Arkansas, I mean, the biggest deer you might get killed down there is like 115. Mm-hmm. And that was a trophy yeah. down there. They get they, 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 like Peter get mad at us for calling it a trophy because they used to be like that's a trophy deer. That's what we'd say, mm-hmm. they, but back then that's just we didn't obviously we didn't hunt him for antlers back then and we still don't but i remember because he i remember him saying that how many deer you killed like that and i was like none really because <laughs> that's the bad thing about tv though i mean you get yeah. everybody watches what happens on tv and we got a tv what's show everybody's but posting i mean you gotta put everything in perspective of yeah you know where you are what yeah. you've done what what's your what's your goal as a hunter i mean yeah if you don't have a 160 inch deer to hunt yeah you ain't killing a 160 inch deer no <laughs> where we hunt I mean, they gotta Arkansas. live there if it's brown and deer meat and legal it's on the <laughs> yeah, ground i mean a good yeah. deer and where you're hunting may be 115 inches yeah. yeah i mean it's just it is what it is yeah a lot of that kind of stuff and you, you need to know that has mm-hmm. been blown so out of portion i think a lot of it's due to social media and sure oh it's, it's gotten even worse gotten in hand. the last five years yeah now that facebook and instagram and all that's come Blown along yeah. and, bl- and gotten as big as it has yeah it but, um because it ain't about that it ain't it's about for us now it's about hunting mature deer yeah and it's just like last year i passed up that out there where we were hunting where you killed a lot of deer i mean you know five years ago six years ago i'd have smoked that sucker mm-hmm. but it was a young buck and mm-hmm. and now it's like you know part of its age and killed a lot of deer now and it's just different because mm-hmm. you want to you want to let him grow and see what he's mm-hmm. and in, in arkansas i think you've even taught me this in arkansas we've i was always like well somebody else is gonna kill him yeah because he's, and, but he's well, like, yeah but like, <laughs> there's zero chance if you kill him yeah yeah <laughs> you know we you know him. he ain't made it if you pull the trigger <laughs> yeah. on him yeah and i think even now i'm like well if somebody does they do you know as a hunter well yeah i want to hunt what Mm -hmm. what you want to hunt a mature deer that we want to kill and if i if i just need meat i'm gonna kill a doe Mm -hmm. and because there's plenty of them out there and we need to kill a few anyway so it's all what you i mean what what you're looking for in the hunt yeah i mean and don't let anybody tell you what you're looking for in the hunt isn't respectable or yeah uh isn't good enough or whatever yeah screw that (laughs) <laughs> shoot what you want to shoot yeah. you know yeah. if it makes you happy then shoot that sucker yeah 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 i know last year you know gav gavin my boy he killed his first deer with a bow and it was a small buck 
but that deer meant more to me mm-hmm. than i mean he ain't even 100 inches probably yeah. he's a little old bitty buck but we had done all the work the food plotting setting up blinds the whole deal practicing and uh i noticed i think we even talked about this on another podcast one time but i knew there was a problem in our culture and even in myself a little bit whenever i realized he didn't want to post that deer yeah even though i mean think about your first bow kill ever oh yeah and he was in the moment don't take me don't get me wrong like he was so pumped so elated uh, he was stoked we cleaned that deer he cleaned it we Mm -hmm, filmed mm -hmm. took pictures cody came out helped us took some pictures and we just hung it in a tree out there and skinned it you know right there on the property and it was awesome it was cool but after the fact when i realized he didn't post it i was like you didn't post that deer yeah and i didn't think you know at the moment i wasn't thinking both mine and your kids have grown up that all they've ever known is strutting buck and oh, yeah. outdoor television. Mm-hmm. All they see is our walls and mm-hmm. all these giant deer and 140s and 50s and 180s. And that's all they know. Mm-hmm. And it don't cross their mind that that's not what it's supposed to be about. Right. Because and we're, and we're at fault a little bit for that. Oh, yeah. To a definitely. degree in our culture mm-hmm. and, and us even as, as parents, you know. And so for me, it really opened my eyes again to, to not that I've gotten way off, but I was like, you know, we got to get back to what this stuff's really all about. Absolutely. As individuals. Absolutely. Beyond television and marketing and all that mess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be about shooting that fur like it was for us out there. We were both well, yeah. so stoked when he shot that thing. I knew he'd smoked it. And, Dude, that's uh, how you become – you don't become a good deer hunter by not shooting deer. Yeah. If you're – I don't care. Get mad at me. Say what you want to do. If you think you're the best deer hunter in the world because you passed 130 inch deer in Arkansas and blah 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 blah, yeah, bull crap. <laughs> you don't get to be a good hunter by passing deer. You yeah. get to be a good hunter by shooting deer. Yeah, and a lot of them. Yeah, that's one. I mean, and I may I may hack off half the northern hunters around, but I mean. <laughs> There's a lot of good deer hunters that come out of the south just for the fact that we can hunt them for so long and we can shoot. We, our uh, bag limits are, you know, yeah. very generous. Yeah. We have opportunity to execute on deer a lot. Yeah. And that's how you become good at it. Yeah. Um, if you've got two tags and that's all you've got is shoot two deer a year, you take a guy that can shoot 10 a year. He's, he's going to end up being a better deer hunter. Yeah. Especially yeah. if he's shooting 10 in a heavily pressured well, area. Well, we've even seen that, um, like, when we've got some ourselves and, and other, even our friends that are from the south, that when they do go to the Midwest. Oh, it's or, game on. It's like cheating almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlie, you there's some, I've got a lot of examples of people I could reference that go to another state in the Midwest or something, and it's usually a done deal in four or five days. Yeah. Usually. And I ain't exaggerating, but at least for the last 10 years, I've seen that Mm -hmm. every single year we've seen that happen. And I think it goes, the reason is, is because coming out of what you're saying is because we do have a lot of opportunity down here. We have a lot of opportunity. We're hunting a lot of pressured deer. So you got to be on your game to kill these deer around here a lot, most of the time. Yeah. And it's it's a different we have bigger blocks of timber here i mean you really have to dial in to the movement patterns of those deer and then you move north and those blocks of timber get smaller and those funnels become more apparent and oh, you yeah. can just well, we, see it, it that's just, why that leaks it's just we, it just popped you know for somebody from down here that hunts these big things of timber and it takes a while to get it all dialed in when you go up there it just jumps out like 
a sore thumb yeah. uh, right there's where you need to be i remember and, when we pulled on we had a lease in kansas for like nine ten years something like that and it was a, it was a block it was a 640 and it had a strip of timber and a couple draws in it right there in the minute i remember when we pulled on that property on the dirt road we hadn't even got out of the truck and b and charlie was like right there yeah it was just not even getting out of the truck because we they knew based on what they saw i mean it wasn't rocket science for one there was cropland on both sides of this creek yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it's just different that's why we could go there and in a few days you know get it done you know you, if you didn't get it on that piece of property, if you didn't get it done in about five or six days, you needed to go on. There's not, not come as, back I, I mean, they're going to know you're there. There's not yeah. as many options for those deer to travel up there yeah. like there is here yeah. undercover. Yeah. Yeah. And they're either it, out in a wide open field or they're on tree line somewhere or a creek. Stuff just jumps out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I when you're that. used to finding it here and then you go there. Yeah. It's just. And that's not, a, you're not, we're not saying that to try to slam on somebody from the no, Midwest absolutely or the North. Not. It is just different. Um, you you get a guy that's successful up there and, and have him come down here for about a week or There's two. There's a learning curve. And most of them are like, be like, they're because they're probably halfway smart, they'll be like, well, why would I do yeah, that? Yeah, why would I come down <laughs> here? <laughs> hunt 120 Why would I go hunt deer? harder? Yeah, for less. <laughs> yeah, for less. And I, I can say I don't blame them. I don't disagree them. with them. I don't blame them. It is different, though. If you've, if you're from the south and you got just tons of town, you know, we got a lot of pine plantations mm-hmm. down here and it's just thick. You, if you do see a deer, it may be for like that's how we grew up down south arkansas mm-hmm. hunting is there was a lot of pine plantations the only place you could really see a long way was on a power line yeah and other than that you were in the middle of pine thickets well and these deer, for a few yeah, seconds these deer are so pressured too they don't use fields like deer in other deer, parts of the yeah. country yeah they just don't i remember growing they do up at night but I'd, they don't I'd, in the daytime i'd watch outdoor tv growing up and i'd be like because i'd never hunted out of, out of arkansas you're walking across the wild walking across field. the field i was like I've never seen that in my life ever, and <laughs> still hadn't down here in Arkansas much. Nope. You know, uh-uh. if you do, if they are they're belly to the ground they're hauling. getting it, boy, <laughs> getting it because somebody's chasing them with a yeah. rifle. Somebody shot at them. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You but know, I mean, every now and then you, we do have those giants show up down here. You know. Yeah, I was going to say. I you, mean, it's it happens. It I doesn't was, happen very often, but it we does were talking happen. about it before the podcast out here on the porch. We were talking about. You know, the last whatever ten or twelve years, we've had the opportunity to hunt a lot all over the country. All over the country. Mm-hmm. And Brandon was mentioning the three, two or three of the biggest bucks you've ever killed. Right here, have been right here, and in right here, close right in the here. backyard. Yeah, not in my backyard, literally, but I mean, I mean within thirty miles of here. Yeah, that's crazy. Sure. Yeah, one on uh, all the Bend National Wildlife Refuge right down here south of russellville your biggest my biggest deer ever public ground 180 inch deer yeah uh in 2003 killed him and then just a couple few years ago you know killed that hurricane buck in early season out there on dad's place and then the very next year killed the zeus buck out of the same tree during the rut both of those deer hurricane and zeus um if you haven't seen these deer you can look on brandon's instagram or even stroke bucks they're back in there somewhere mm-hmm. really really unique character on those deer. yeah those deer had some zeus looked like he had oak pieces of oak trees hanging off He's of it cool. <laughs> he, he was, was just a gnarly old thick big wide heavy what did you ever measure bases on him uh i did but i can't remember exactly what the bases were he ended up being 150 inch was deer. He? yeah i didn't know if you'd ever measure but i just remember his bases and he was so unique 
they they were they were right around five, I think, somewhere close, upper fours, maybe a little over five. One of them's a little bigger than the other one because he's got that junk that comes off the bait right at the base of it, kind of. Yeah. Hmm. Tell tell us about that that public ground buck, that big buck you killed. You were pretty young. Yeah, that was in 2003. I'm just saying that because I've seen pictures. Yeah. You look like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> you have all that gray in your beard. I was probably 26 or 7 when I killed that deer, Yeah, I think. And I'd hunted over there for – that place is really what got me into bow hunting as hard serious. as what as I – as serious as I am now because, I mean, it's a bow hunting only place, okay? Right. And – it's got as good a deer as you're going to find in it. I mean, it's got as good a deer as you're going to find anywhere in this part of the state. Right. I mean, they, they, there's big deer that live over there. And so I knew that. So if I was going to hunt big deer, I was going to need to be in there. And it's public and it's pressured, but it's not pressured like gun hunting pressure. I mean, it's bow hunting pressured. So it's a little bit different. Those deer do a lot like midwestern deer do i mean you get to see a lot of rut activity and vocalizations and stuff like that in in there um but i'd hunted it probably four years and that second year i hunted it i moved into a little slough there one year and was hunting kind of the end of it and i saw this deer two times that year and i had an idea where he was bedding and what he was doing but I didn't know for sure, so I was a little bit timid about moving in on him, like where I thought I could actually kill him. I just kind of stayed back, to hoping, you know, he'd follow a doe around and through there, come around the end of that slough or something. But he always crossed that middle of it. Right? I mean, both times I saw him was the same time. One time he come out and laid down on the edge of it mm. for. Were you going in by water, minutes. or were you walking? No, in? I was walking in, and I was. It was a big. I was going way around to get to where I was going. I mean, there was a faster way to get there. But that deer was using between where I would have had to park and where my stand was. And I had to walk through where he was kind of coming through. So I made a parked in a different area and was walking a, a mile, yeah, mile and a half back around, just making a big loop coming back to it. Um, so that next year, you I don't even remember what the date is now, but you there's a date. You can put your stands up in there, okay? Yeah. And you leave them in there? That, like you could leave one like you can't have a bunch of stands in there right but i'd hunted it enough by then to know the early season i mean it's bottom ground the mosquitoes are awful like i wasn't even gonna think about hunting in there till the end of october so i went in as soon as you could go put a stand in went in and found a tree on the edge of the slough and there was one tree that was a big enough that i could get a stand in but it had probably three feet of vines all around it so i had to like cut a hole always the tree it. you yeah. want's the worst one the only like one every I mean, time everything else around it's a willow tree that's like six inches in diameter yeah but that it was 30 yards from where i had seen this deer twice the year before and i and and so that slough is there and then i was in a little row of trees and there was a bean field on the edge on the other side of that and then another big the old river channel was on the other side of that and there was a big thicket back there on the edge of the old river channel. So got in there, cut that out, got my stand in it, hung a lone wolf in it, and left. And I didn't go back until the first week of November. 
there's a big cold front that hit and I needed a north something out of the north to hunt it actually it was the second week of November because I I had hunted at one time that first week of November I had the north wind then when it swapped and had the south for a few days and then that big cold front came in the day before gun season opened which there's no gun hunting in there I went in it was I think it was November the night I'm pretty I know it was November the night that year it was the first day after that cold front high pressure was setting in I had a north strong northwest wind went in hunt got in my tree it started getting daylight 20 minutes it's early huh yeah I mm. looked over and there's a little willow point that came out in that slough and I he was walking with his head down and he was just you know how they do when they start cruising just mm-hmm. that got that head bob mm-hmm. just walking and he coming he was coming angling to me and i was like i'd already killed a pretty good deer early in the season north of russellville closer to where i lived at the time and i was not i told myself i'm not going to shoot anything unless he's really good and this deer walked around the corner and i was like oh my <laughs> god <laughs> and uh have you seen this deer? Mm-mm. You need to see a picture. He, of him. He's so he's awesome. Like he was big, but I didn't know how big. I right. mean, I'm thinking 140 inches, something like that. I mean, he's just a big frame, heavy deer. I'd never seen a deer that big on the hoof. Yeah, especially at 40 yards, and he was about that far then. And I just tucked my head down and had a ball cap on. And I just tucked my head down and I was looking under my ball cap where I could just see his legs and not see anything else other than his legs so i could keep track of him yeah i got my release hooked on he kept coming he kept coming and he got to about 27 yards and he turned and started walking across broadside in front of me and when he when i saw him turn i just in one motion drew my bow and picked my head up and sat up did you stop him yeah i grunted and he just immediately Froze. just Fucked froze him. and his head came up and he was looking right straight in the direction he didn't look at me he was looking straight in the direction he was going and I, I, he hmm. got he got so frozen i was like looking back on it in his mind he had to be going oh no <laughs> he knew <laughs> oh no yeah. you think you had time to look back on it when he laid down no he did after <laughs> so I settled in, and he was 27 yards. I put my 20-yard pin on the top of his back. I put my 30-yard pin in his armpit and let her eat. Mm. And it's right in the middle of the rib cage, and he spun around and knocked out the exact same tracks as when he came in. And uh, then I fell apart. (laughs) But but I still didn't know how big the deer was. Like, I knew he was a big deer, but I didn't have any idea how big he was. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking 140 inches was, at the time, would have been way bigger than anything I'd ever killed with a bow. Yeah. So, I went and looked at my arrow, got down, I waited. Shoot, I bet I waited an hour just because he was so big. I was like, I'm not messing I'm this up. I'm way worse I after the shot. I am not messing this up. So, I waited and I waited and I waited. Finally, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to get down and go look at my arrow. So, I went and looked at my arrow and it was just I mean, covered red. in red, bubbly blood. Yeah. And there was immediate blood. I shot him with a, uh, back in the day, it was a 100 grain Wolverine expandable inch and a half. You uh, shooting a Matthews back then? Uh, I was shooting a Hoyt. Oh, Hoyt. At the time, yep. And there was immediately blood. I was like, sweet. So I kind of started along there and, dude, it looked like you'd poured it out of a bucket. 
Mm-hmm. And it just, I mean, I just walked along and followed it, and he made it across the slough and into the edge of the thicket on the other side, and I found him piled up there. And he was the biggest thing I'd ever seen. But I wallowed him around there and looked at him and all this, and then I'm like, I'm a long ways back in there. I'm like, how am I going to get this sucker out? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Any, everybody Can't I take know. take ATVs back in there. No. Yeah. Everybody I know is off <laughs> gun hunting somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> And, like, I don't know anybody that's hunting in here for sure. And I'm like, who can – and I thought, Johnny. He called Johnny? No, I didn't have – I don't oh. even know if I had a phone at Do you even have a cell phone back <laughs> I don't even know if I had a cell phone. This is back not. before we named Deer, too, probably. I think I had a flip, one of them flip StarTac He phone. didn't have a name I either, tried to call him, but he didn't answer because he was in the hog houses because it's opening day of rifle season. He's not hunting. So – I wad this deer up and put a bunch of vines and stuff over the top of him and take off oh, and go to the no. truck. Leave him. Been tough. Left him. Mm. Get in the truck, drive all the way out of the refuge. I ain't seen a truck yet in the refuge. Oh, wow. Drive all the way to Centerville. Which is out how to Mount far? George, out to Mount George. It's, I mean, I drove. minutes? Yeah, I mean, this is, from where I left to there is probably 40 minutes to get to Johnny's. Oh, Drive to the hog barns, open the hog barns, hey, yell him down. He comes up there. I said, dude, I've killed a big freaking deer. This is before know. we named deer. Yeah. He's like, he was just how a big, big is he? I was like, Johnny, I don't know how big this deer is. I said, he's at least 140 inches. Really? I was like, yes, he's big. He's real big. He said, let me get done. I got about 15 minutes, and then I'll go jump in the shower and i'll go help so i sit there and i'm up there at the bow shop with jack <laughs> we're sitting there talking Pacing. yeah i'm like twiddling my thumbs and jack's like how big is he i said he's big and at the time the biggest deer johnny had on the wall there was that one with the messed up oh, turned yeah. down horn and uh i said he's bigger than that deer and Jack goes, oh, really? <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure he's bigger than that one. He goes, wow. And uh, so finally Johnny gets there. We take off. We go back in there, and we get back to the deer. And Johnny, when Johnny freaked out about you him, know I knew he mean. was big. Yeah. And, like, so I didn't even have a camera. So I had a trail camera. This was back when trail cameras were an actual camera in a box. Like a 35-millimeter camera film. that you put film in that had a sensor <laughs> box with a sensor built in it. Oh, so wow. I pulled that camera out, and that's what we took the pictures of Holy my deer cow. down there in the thicket with. Wow. Dated you, we dated yourself with that one, all uh, these young pups. That yeah. so we finally, I'm not seeing that one on Instagram. <laughs> we finally get him out, and we're driving back, and you know we're talking about big deer and him and all this, and I'm like, how big do you think he is? And Johnny's like, I don't know. And like I've I've got this 140 in Stuck my brain, in your mind. and so I just throw out a deer that somebody killed, that's way bigger than that. And I said, "You think he's that big?" He goes, "He'll fool you." I was like, "Then I was like, dang, this deer may be even bigger than what I think he is." Yeah. So we get him back. I go get the guts out of him and bring him back, and then we throw the tape on him. And he grows 183 inches. Mm. And then I was like, that's a giant. That's dude. insane. Of course, then I start texting some people that I know. And like every one of them, they're like, how big was he? And I text them the score and they're like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. 
Yeah, this is back pre-social media. <laughs> yeah. This is like a 240 I started calling Kansas. people. I didn't back, even text. Back in the day. You I didn't know. even text back then. I was calling people. Yeah. <laughs> you knew their phone number. <laughs> From numbers. a pay phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Landline. <laughs> I did have a flip phone, but I didn't use it very much because it cost a freaking much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's the story of that big deer. God, he is an awesome deer. And I then see. once I killed him, then it was mature bucks over yeah that was the deal yeah it's different you know i I think about i've noticed a change in what i see now because until you see in full person on the hoof like you said earlier a sure enough big buck you know like it ain't no wondering yeah you don't have to go ah i don't know uh, yeah no like different it's like and oh, I didn't yeah. know it until I until you really see one, and you then obviously there, yeah. harvest one. Mm-hmm. It's totally different. So now you'll see a lot of deer, and you're like, "He's a nice deer, but he needs a couple more years." You mm-hmm. know, you want to let them live their life, and you know, do whatever they're going to do. But you know now, and, oh, but, yeah. but that only happens from being out there with them. And then obviously, if you get to harvest one, mm-hmm. you know, a deer like that, a lot of people will never even have a chance at shooting if they're no. not, especially if you don't go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very fortunate to have a chance at him because, yeah. but there's there's a there's a guy that. Uh, he had four years of shed to that deer. Really? Yeah, he was hunting him hard. God, you should have bought them from him. Yeah, I wish not I that, would have. Not now. that he have sold them, but yeah, I don't know if I don't know if I could have bought. Them. He brought them to my house after he heard that really? I killed the deer. That's cool. Yeah, he brought them over there and let me. And it was like, oh yeah, that's there he is. Is there I mean, a lot of shed hunting goes on out there still? I don't know. This guy did. I mean, this guy found all kinds of sheds on on that place. But now there's no telling how many miles he would have walked. He walked in yeah. thickets. He walked and. Now Charlie hunted over there a lot, and he always went in by water a lot. Mm-hmm. Not always. And I did but, too. You know, at times, depending just depending on where I was hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's some dedication, man. I went the first time I ever went to that where you're talking about was with Charlie, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know the dude. Mm-hmm. And people listening don't know him on here either. But y'all weren't 200 yards from where I killed that deer. Really? Whenever y'all, when y'all were hunting, really? y'all were hunting on that peninsula back there. Dude, I pulled up at the boat ramp that day. Cody, you'll laugh at this. You would. You probably heard it, but I, I didn't even know this guy. And I pulled up over in Hollow Bend, which is where he's talking about where he killed this deer. He said, meet me at the boat ramp. Well, first off, I was like, at the boat ramp. We're going deer hunting. Pull up. That dude's getting dressed outside his truck. He's got Snoop Dogg cranked about as loud as you can crank it before daylight in the woods. And this is a redneck guy, by the way. He's out there just kicking it. And I was like, what have I got myself? That's hilarious. And then after, obviously, now that I know him well, I knew he's just jacking around having fun. But we got in the boat, man. We went hunting. I was like, I remember thinking that day, I was like, this is cool. Because mm-hmm. this is the dedication of a true bow hunter. You yeah, know, I mean, what it, you guys, what, what we go through, whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever you know, it takes, and, and to get in there with them. That's the thing about hunting pressure deer and hunting deer. A lot of times here in Arkansas is, even though they're pressured, they still do what they do. Yeah. So you got to figure out what you can do a little bit different than what everybody else is doing. Mm. This sounds that like he's marketing one hundred and one. That he's yeah. not used to. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, 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 I apply it in life all the time. I mean, oh, yeah. I apply stuff that I do fishing or hunting or whatever. Same thing in life, whether it's dedication, hard work, you know, figuring uh, something, figuring just a something out, figuring a different way in, or you know, okay, you've been hunting it on a north wind. Well, let's. What about a north east wind or east northeast wind? It's not exactly right, but it might be enough right in your favor that you can get away with it but he still feels like he's safe to come in yeah you know 
just little bitty things like that are the difference between killing mature deer and not killing mature deer. Yeah. That's the only difference. What's it's the little bitty details. You're maybe the same thing, but I mentioned, I think, bow hunting's taught me patience more than anything. Is that what's taught you? What's, or is there something else that sticks out that it's taught you? It's definitely taught me patience. No, no doubt about it. Um, and discipline. Being disciplined, I would say. I ain't got that strategy to quiet down yet <laughs> on the bow hunting. I'm still dragging my straps behind me and bees dang near wanting to cuss me because he's like, pick your junk up and come on. <laughs> this junk's all nightly, nice, perfect, like it come out of the package. I am a little OCD. I'm, I'm probably good I'm, to hunt when I'm you. Hunting. I was going to ask you, Cody, because you've just got into bow hunting the last couple mm-hmm. of years. What's, what's your experience been like so far? I like it. I think I've I think I've become like you said earlier a better rifle hunter uh-huh. because of it. Like I used to, I didn't pay attention to the wind because when you're rifle hunting, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, but it does. Well, it, oh, does. it does. I Just, mean, you don't realize it does until you start hunting that way, and then the game you start seeing it totally change, changes. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know if I ever heard anything about wind direction when no. I was growing up. Uh-uh. No, my uncle used to talk about it, but he was a bow hunter, and I would say mm-hmm. it don't matter Whatever. for me. Yeah. You know, I mm-hmm. and I didn't start hunting until I was I was almost out of college. Yeah. So I had my brothers had hunted and all that. So it was it was all new for me. And then I killed my first uh, deer with a bow last year, last season, yeah. and so like. When the, the first one came in, I was just like, oh, gosh. You know, like I thought I was going to fall out of the tree. It was pretty funny, actually. I got out there, and as soon as I got out there, I could see him in a field. I was using my climber. I could see him in the field, and I was like, I got to get up in a tree fast. And I started up a tree, and they looked at me, and I got down on the ground, stayed on the ground for probably 20 minutes, and then I tried to get back up in the tree, and the tree had branches. I, had to, I couldn't cut them down, so I went and got in another tree. This all takes place in about an hour getting another tree about seven feet off the ground is as high as i could go <laughs> and when it actually came in i thought i was gonna die but it, the wind was right uh-huh. everything was right and um i'd been asking brandon a lot of things because i didn't know <laughs> you know about bow hunting and it it turned out in my favor if i yeah. when i just did those little things you uh-huh. know made sure i set my anchor point just like i'd practiced every yep. time you know so i think it's made me a better hunter it's made me enjoy um, being in the woods even more you see if so much more oh yeah if i didn't i already enjoyed it but yeah. now even more you know oh yeah it's, if you could bottle that yeah people uh, who don't if you could bottle that feeling up whatever it is whether it's yeah. when you first see a deer first have a deer close to you or first kill your big deer but first big deer that oh I'm my telling god you, it, it'll be and i don't know what it is because for me i mentioned earlier but I'm pretty calm and collective until the shot. I may get a little nervous, but it ain't it ain't ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But after I'll I fall sh- apart afterwards. After I shoot, dude, <laughs> that dr- you can't bottle that. I guess that's what it is because yeah. I have to sit down or I'm gonna fall, hang myself from my. There's safety people that system. jump out of planes for that. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got to do that. You can just go get in the tree. You don't got to do that. I'm Rick telling you, stick dude. Stick a needle in their arm. They'll do all kinds for I, that feeling. All remember. you got to do is climb a tree and shoot a deer. I know it's I, it's nuts with a bow because I think I don't remember one time it might have been me and you in Illinois when I killed that big mass mass yeah. with the mass in there. 
but I, I couldn't get my sit down. I had to sit down. I couldn't get my legs. I, I was telling them to stop. <laughs> and my legs are just like all over, like shaking like I got a disease. Dude, that's, that's hilarious. It's unbelievable. That's the best thing ever. And you oh, can't make that stuff up, Mm-mm. man. Not a chance. That's, that, you know, I, I think about that with kids and stuff. And when you can't make them experience that emotion other than taking them in that's an, it. an environment mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. I don't, I don't even know that jumping out of a plane will do that for you. I don't know. I ain't doing. And you don't. You don't. I ain't either. But I'm just gonna keep shooting deer. You talk about you know we you, the old line or one line or buck fever or whatever. It's a real thing. It is. Uh-huh. And if it don't matter how old you are, you ain't got to teach it to nobody. Yep. They just go experience it. I'll quit hunting if I quit getting that. But oh, I don't yeah. see that happening. Yeah. No, that ain't happening. And you know, no more. It, everybody hunts for different things, but I love the puzzle of it. I mean, I love the that same thing with fishing. Yeah. I mean. I love figuring it out. I like figuring it out too, but I'm too stupid. <laughs> They're just smarter than me. Flat out. I'm glad I got good Whatever. friends. Just ask B. I ask B. I tell yeah. you, I have. I've because I got into bow hunting with these guys as far as serious bow hunting. Him, Charlie, and our original crew, Jeremiah. And, um, I, I don't say a lot, but I take a lot of mental notes mm-hmm. as far as looking and how 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 one becomes successful. But mm-hmm. you have to. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's just, it's a study. Yeah. I mean, it's a study. I've studied deer, deer behavior, fish, fish behavior, different times of the year. What are they doing? What are they? What should not, they be you, doing? I'm surprised you wasn't like a wildlife biologist. And they don't make any money, man. <laughs> well, no, but it's that's true. And they don't get to hunt as much. <laughs> <laughs> they just know it all. They just know. <laughs> so I, it's not. It's not even. It's not being stupid or anything. It's just. Yeah. yeah, not it's just not knowing. Yeah, you know, you knowing what you're looking at. Yeah, and and it takes time. And you talk about walking study. in. You talk about walking in a mile to get to that stand. Hey, when I was growing up, they we were walking up. No. We were parking our four wheeler underneath, underneath the, the stand. stand. Yep. <laughs> you might throw a branch over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so now it's funny. Now it's hard to get out of because now you go to freaking Texas or somewhere like that. Oh and, yeah, take, and you're like, you, take them the out first. Of it couple of years you go down there you know you're like ah god i just don't feel good about yeah i mean we just drove in here and, yeah. and then get in a tree and five minutes later they really drive cool. off and there's freaking deer everywhere yeah. and you're like oh well, okay never mind. different yeah i remember john one time he was talking about another tv show that had come in down there on their place at, at on effie hill and they were hanging some sets and the guy was like go on Y'all gonna be yep. walking around. Yeah, y'all, y'all can go. Y'all, can, yeah, don't y'all stay in the truck and go on. And because Clinton and them was gonna hit the feeder before yeah. they left off the back of the truck, and uh, he's like, "Y'all can go on. Don't be walking around." And of course, they're in their excursion, just sitting there laughing because, like these boys, they ain't hunted Texas, obviously. Mm. And uh, finally, Clinton said, because he hits that feeder, he goes, "You don't understand." The guy's like, "What?" He said, "When I hit this feeder, when I drive off." They're coming. <laughs> so, yeah, we didn't grow up like it. Uh-uh. And we got a lot of Texas listeners, and I just want y'all to know, we take y'all out of all our equations when we're figuring stuff. Yeah. Because y'all are like your own country. That's yeah. a good thing, too. It's not bad. It's yeah. just different. Yeah, and if you need a, a deer, that's where you go. They've got yeah. so many Oh, deer. they do. It's crazy. Yeah, I was talking to... Uh, and I've hunted a lot of places with a lot of deer. Yeah, I was talking to... Uh, a lot of deer. What's Garland's family member now that's a rodeo guy oh um uh what's cole. his name cole i was talking to cole one day he's a big rodeo guy and he lives down there and he's like man i, I want to go hunt other stuff because it's not it's just yeah. different down here like mm-hmm. they're hunted up in his backyard yeah. running around or whatever yeah and it's just not the same yeah and uh 
Boy, I love it. Mm -hmm. I'm getting kind of stoked sitting here thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It's 79 degrees in July. Uh, every time I see him, I there, there. My <laughs> wife gets on me. She laughs. I love them, man. <laughs> I like to see them. That's one of the things I love about you know mounts on the wall is is the not just the memory of that animal because every hunter I know that has a lot of animals on the wall, most every one of them, and I can do the same thing, go in there and tell you every story right. behind every one of those deer. But for me, because of the way life has changed from from being a young kid to where hunting was just an event to now mm -hmm. it's it's not only a part of who we are as hunters but it's the the television side of it and the marketing side mm -hmm. of it the whitetail deer is responsible really for my occupation oh yeah, yeah. and dude i got so much respect for him now you it's, it's more than just an event mm -hmm. it's everything mm -hmm. you know and uh, so i got so much respect for him now um and a lot of people don't understand it. And heck, I don't even understand it. Sometimes I think I'm weird. I'm like, it's just a deer, dude. No, oh, it's a sickness. It ain't just yeah, a I'm deer. I'm not sure it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure yet, but I was. It's not healthy. I was just looking up something a while ago. This is why it's not healthy is because this is from 16. In 2016, outdoorsmen spent $93.5 billion on gear, oh, license, wow. travel, clothing, gas, and more. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling you, money. a deer make a man do stupid things. Think, think I ain't about kidding. It. It'll make him act like an idiot. Oh, I've heard. Make him spend money he don't have. I've said He'll freaking mortgage his house to go kill the right deer. Deer meat is the most expensive meat on the Oh, plant. hands down. I don't know. If he's eating bass, it'd be right there alongside. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that bass boat don't pencil out. <laughs> hey, hey, that's why my. <laughs> yeah. yo, yo, we can't post it. Well, actually, we could post it on social. Cody's media. got his bat, his boat in the back my of bass his truck. <laughs> Cody pulls up. He's got a flat bottom boat. Picture this. You got to picture this. Go here with us. There's a bat, nice Triton bass boat in front of my house right now behind Brandon's truck in the circle drive and Cody pulls up in his truck with a flat bottom upside down in the back of the pickup <laughs> and you come in and said what I said uh, same passion different, different looks <laughs> <laughs> you got that grandpa look going I grew up with my grandpa hey, man hey, I, I did flat, too dude flat. I had a flat bottom boat in the back of my truck from February until school let out really? when I was in high school that's awesome it just stayed there. Just get I'd in the water. I'd go to school with it in, and I'd leave school, and I'd go somewhere fishing. Can yeah. you imagine? When I could. Can yeah. you imagine if when you were growing up, like they do now, have high school fishing? Oh, People's Dude. getting scholarships for fishing. That's now. awesome. It's crazy. I would have never played football or basketball a day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have this. Be on the water catching fish in August or be in pads playing football in two days. Uh -uh. Getting smoked by a big old yeah. linebacker. I'm weighing 118 pounds like I did. <laughs> Freaking have a headache for two months. The whole time I played football, I had a headache. <laughs> you were a con walking concussion. Oh, totally. That's crazy. Stupid. That is funny. Oh, I love deer, man. Whitetail wishing. And it'll be here before you know it, though. Oh, yeah. July, August, we ain't too far away. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah. So Once August gets here, it is going to go downhill quick. Mm -hmm. Did you say you had put some cameras out or you're going to? Not yet. I'm fixing to. I usually around the 4th of July, right after that's when I'll start sticking them out. I need to put a couple more out. See, I'm gonna have about 19 cameras on my 40 acres over there. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> he's gonna anybody walks on there, he's gonna know it. <laughs> oh, I do. We had some boys trespass the other day. Some high school kids trespassed on that little property and got stuck one night. And buddy of mine 
he said, boys, he said, I know Heath pretty well. He said, I can tell you, you're on camera right now. <laughs> and so he came, it was Logan, he come and pulled him out, and then he called me after, and he goes, the next morning, he goes, do you know what happened last night? And I was like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what I thought something bad like yeah, yeah. happened. He goes, you don't know. And I think he was surprised. Right. Because a lot of my cameras are cell cameras, cell but camera. I turned off the cell deal for just yeah. a month or two, just here in the summer. And I was like, no, why? He goes, you got cameras on that property out there, don't you? And I, then I was curious. I was like, yeah, what happened? He goes, <laughs> I was over on my tractor last night by 11 p.m. pulling some boys out. They was back here mudding and got stuck. And, of course, I laughed. And I was like, oh, well, I got you on camera then. I said, I just ain't got it sent to my phone right now. I said, I promise you. I went out there. I sent him some pics that afternoon. Did you? I said, I got some blackmail on you. Don't be jacking with me. I'll turn you in. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just turned them back on, actually. I, 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 I don't know. Some people think the whole cell cameras have gotten so good. It's a bad thing for the industry. But, golly, I like them, man. I'm a fan they're, of I mean, I, I, I'm not. I, I don't have an issue with. No, I'm a fan of technology, but I'm I'm also a fan of convenience, which most of the world is. I mean, you can't you can't sit there and say I'm against cell cameras because they make it too easy and then shoot the deer at for 300 yards with a high power rifle. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, really? Yeah, don't yeah, work. Yeah. I mean, that's like it's being a vegan and wearing leather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can't. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's true. A lot of people gripping, wearing leather shoes, and I guess they don't know where that stuff comes from. That's all semantics. I mean, you're just picking what you want to be yeah. not cool. I'll tell cool. you what, uh, the, there's pros. the pros side of it for me is, is obviously convenience if you've got good cell, cell service, but talking about cell cameras, but just the going in and going out yeah that's the only, i mean from a sense standpoint we've got both and i've got both I, the only place i use cell cameras really is where access is an issue like yeah. where i don't want to walk in and out of um but sometimes where you the access is trouble is not the best cell service sometimes too true i've ran into that exactly a bunch. exactly if it's somewhere i can access without stinking the place up and all that i'll put a regular trail cam yeah you know but uh, it, it's nice when you're on hunts out of state and stuff like that, and you've got multiple stand locations or whatever, and you're trying to figure a piece of property out quick. You can set two or three trail cams up, and you can be hunting, but you've got trail cams working for you, so you're getting live updates of what's happening on other places at the farm, you know? Yeah. But, like I always say about trail cams, yeah, they only see They've saved them. this little bitty area right in front of them. Yeah, they save a lot of deer's lives because yeah. they don't show a deer with when he's actually prime there. example. Of that deer we would have killed with a rifle last year. He skirted yeah. every camera I had. He was on that piece of property for over an hour. We saw him four or five times, and I didn't have one game cam Not picture. One picture, and he went by right by all of them. Yeah, he skirted every one of them. He went right two of them for sure. Two of them right there in front of us. Yeah, he was like, "Ha ha, look at me." Yeah, walked right behind him. Yeah, yeah, they've saved some deer's life, no doubt. Probably saved a few on my behalf, too. I'm like, ah, ain't nothing in there. Now, the big buck you killed last year, Zeus, or year before last, he just showed up. Both of the him and the hurricane buck, like, I didn't have years of history with either of those deer. They just, I mean, they showed up in, you know, late August, early September. Uh, don't know that I had pictures of them from years previous at all. But you went in and checked that camera that day on Zeus, didn't you? the day before or something and it all showed up all of a sudden 
so you. I had pictures of him early in September, and then he disappeared. And then I would get a picture of him randomly at night from time to time. And then the week before gun season opened, I had to be gone for work. And, I, like, I got back on a Wednesday, and I ran out there and pulled the card on a camera on a food plot. And uh, I had a picture of that deer at 8.30 in the morning in that food plot. And it looked like he was just walking. There wasn't a doe picture or anything. So I knew he was in Showed the up area. up in daylight. And he was there during the daytime. Yep. So I called, took off work Thursday, Friday. Gun season opened Saturday morning. And uh, I called Matt. He came. We hunted the next morning. But I didn't really have the wind to hunt down there on that food plot that I got the picture of him in. So we hunted up top on another food plot that I did have a good wind for. And as and a crow had, flies, those two spots were those two spots were probably four or five hundred yeah, yards it's, apart. Yeah, it's but not, as a crow flies. Yeah, and and I had had a few pictures of that deer up there in the back end of that food plot, like you know, an hour before daylight or so. So I knew he'd been frequenting up there. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like I was just hunting somewhere to be hunting. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Saw quite a few deer that morning, and then it, like it was pretty much right at ten o'clock. I we I was talking to Matt and looking away. He was looking down the food plot. Um, I was trying to decide if we were going to leave or not. And he goes, "Deer, big deer!" And I turned around, and all I could see was that big wide rat oh, walking awesome. right to us. That's good footage too. Grunting every step, just cruising, hmm. just walking that ridge. Matt's first whitetail hunt to film, by the way. Ever. I know. Ever. And Zeus comes in. That's yeah. awesome. I've hunted that property with him so That's many times. That's what he said. He said, I've hunted so out there a hundred times with him. We don't ever see nothing. And you we'll go see get some old horns. the first time, <laughs> and you get to film that. <laughs> ridiculous. That's when you go, am I supposed to do this or not? <laughs> We'd actually hunted out there a few times that year. Yeah. And there was, we find it out there a little bit every the year. Dogs come in on us and all that. Mm. We got close this past year, it just didn't happen. Unless you had a rifle. Or that big 10 point. <laughs> oh, we could kill some good ones. Oh, about good ones. I, I say that. We've seen, he's seen that bow big hunting. big 10 point this year was. Yeah, he's nice. 50 yards. He could have got killed with a rifle. But them big, big boys has all been mm-hmm. bow hunts. We ain't seen yeah. them. I hadn't out there seen Mm-mm. deer that, that big with a they rifle. Dis- even. They disappear when that. The first gunshot goes off. That property's a little, even though there's some hills in there, it's a little bit like hunting Midwest. Yeah, it's the way you have to strip hunt. It, strips of timber. It's a lot of cattle fields. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, and you know it's gotten better the last few years just because you know Dad manages it and kind of has that you know he knows. ability to see what's going on that and keep people from not hunting it and not just you know there's less people hunting it now than what there have been in the past. Yeah. And, that, and I think that's helped a lot mm-hmm. too, because sure. once you know, and we planted food in there now for you know several Did years. Did you ever get any of that concealed planted? No, we need to do that. Can you? Will it still grow right now? Yeah, yeah, it'll grow. Mine's got, I've got some planted out there. How tall is it? It's probably eight inches right now. Is it? I planted it uh, what a month ago? ago? Month ago, probably. It's beautiful. It's going to be mm-hmm. sweet if it, if it gets up there to eight foot or so. Mm-hmm. I've got it in there planted by the cemetery. That's not like a make or break deal. Yeah. I think it would help, though. Yeah. I just hadn't had time. 
And yep. I don't have a tractor. I mean, I'd have to have Dad do well, it. I'll go out there with you. I know. Well, I'm ready. We better to go. wrap it up. I'm ready to go hunt. Yeah, you guys are making me want to see a big deer coming <laughs> through the woods with a bow in <laughs> The mind. bad thing is, it's the first of July. <laughs> we got a long <laughs> ways to go. <laughs> God, July, at least here today. Unless we won't go to Kentucky. Cool. You want, we won't go to Kentucky I'm, first of September? I'd like to go somewhere. We can get loose. If we, just be me if, and you. If we're not uh well, if we're not mule deer hunting or something. Yeah. We got an opportunity. We got to go a back. possibility. Yeah, we can probably go back here to Colorado if we wanted to. Archery mule deer. Maybe. I'm a game. Or would you rather go to Kentucky and whitetail hunt? It don't matter. I just don't know. You know, we went there. Of course, I don't know how to judge that place we went because it was rain the whole time we were there. It'll be a different deal. Deer. It'll, be a, different, it it'll be a co- completely different deer archery mule deer hunting. Yeah, we'll see. Then elk hunting. Well, it'll be spotting and stalking. I want to do this some more. We got some more good whitetail stories we can oh, tell. Yeah. Oh yeah, lots oh, of yeah. them. I've got one that Jaden said you have to tell her. I'm going to be mad at you. Did so, I have to tell? No, you have. Oh, I for have you, to tell. you got a good one. No, I don't know if I would call it a good one, <laughs> but it'll make you laugh. <laughs> Is it a bow hunting story? No. Oh, I was shotgun. I was wondering if it had happened in the last couple of years. No, I was hunting with a shotgun in Ohio because you can't use a rifle. I got you. You better save it. I'll save it. Oh, I was good. It'll be funny. Anyway, I'm excited about going up there this year. I'm kind of hoping my boy will go to school in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> you still can't get a tag with every three I years. know. <laughs> Four probably now. I'm going to build us a house up there and move in. There's been some people getting in trouble doing that. Oh, yeah. That's that's when you have a problem, when you are willing to go through that and get a dead gum address, <laughs> so you can and a resident to say you're a resident, and then you get busted and yeah, uh, should have had you a TV show. You might not have done that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I say <laughs> that there's been plenty of people go down doing stupid stuff. But anyway, this has been fun. It's July and we're whitetail wishing. That's right. I got to roll, boys. All right, I do too. You going fishing? Don't lie. No, I'm not. Y'all both got your boats hooked up out front. Listen, you know, anytime I can get in the water, I'm I'm for it. Cool. Well, we gotta get out of here. We got stuff to do. Till next time. Peace out and God bless. Later. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Listen, if you're enjoying what you're hearing here on the podcast, do us a favor, a huge favor. Go online, go to iTunes, jump on your podcast app, and give us a review. This is why it's important. All throughout the year this year, we're going to be giving away products, hats, t-shirts, things from our sponsors. And the only way you can be registered to win those products is by going in and giving us a review. We'll be giving those out on a monthly basis, and we want you to be involved in what's going on with free stuff. We know everybody likes free stuff. I'll be honest, we enjoy free stuff, and we want to share part of that with our listeners. Listen, guys, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you listening to the content we're putting out. You're not only a part of the tour, you're a part of the family, and we're building a tribe that's willing to go where only few dream about, living our passion. I am Jay Heath Graham, and I thank you for being a part of the Tour 12 podcast. Thank you.